Hello and welcome to the fourth edition of Victor's Corner. I am your host, Victor Romoyo, one-fourth of the Codex Prime podcast. It is Thursday, March 10th, 2016, and I am so glad to be back here with you guys once again. And I've got a couple of trailer-related topics I want to get into tonight. Uh, in particular, let's, let's get into some talk concerning the new Ghostbusters trailer, which just made its debut to rave reviews. And by rave reviews, I mean terrible reception. As well as the second trailer for Captain America Civil War, which includes a very welcome surprise, which got a lot of fanboys and fangirls rather they're giddy in their pantaloons. So, with all that said, before we get into the proceedings, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can also email the show at codexprimepodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to type in Victor in the subject line if you want your email to be read in the next edition of Victor's Corner. So the new Ghostbusters trailer just made its debut a few days ago online, and for those who aren't in the know, the upcoming Ghostbusters reboot is being directed by Paul Feig, the filmmaker behind such movies as Bridesmaids, The Heat, and Spy. And this film stars Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie Jones, three SNL alums, along with Melissa McCarthy, who rounds out the all-female Ghostbusters team, and Chris Hemsworth, who plays their receptionist, or secretary if you prefer. And when I clicked on the trailer on YouTube, the very first thing that jumped out at me before the trailer even played was the lopsided like-to-dislike ratio. I mean... <laughs> It, it, it was it was astounding. I mean, as of now, the the trailer received over 22 million views, and there's 181,000 likes, and over 406,000 dislikes. So when I saw that, I was like, "Oh Jesus! I don't know. I don't know if this bodes well. I don't know what to expect." But let's see how allegedly awful this trailer is, or rather, how awful a lot of people found this trailer to be. And when I click, clicked on that play button and I watched the whole trailer unfold, and when it stopped playing, uh, my reaction was just one big, resounding, unremarkable, meh, that's it. Just 100% meh. I mean, for one thing, you know, I've never been a diehard fan of the Ghostbusters franchise, although I really do enjoy the original film which came out in 1984, and that movie still holds up remarkably well 32 years later. I mean, watching that film alone, I can totally see why the Ghostbusters franchise is so near and dear to so many fans all around the world. So as somebody who's a diehard fan of certain properties myself, I can totally empathize with fans who have legitimate criticisms as to why this trailer didn't work out for them. And on that note, I want to get something straight here. You know, for that very vocal minority of people who are hating on this trailer because it has an all-female leading cast, you know, going on these ignorant, misogynist, and sexist ramblings as to why this trailer sucked, you know, number one, shut the fuck up, and two... Any critic who conflates those ignorant voices with the majority of fans who have legit grievances against this trailer, you're being intellectually dishonest if you think those two types of voices are one and the same. Because they're not. 
I'd rather you paint an honest picture and, and you know, acknowledge that, yes, this trailer doesn't work for legitimate reasons. And if you dislike this trailer or if you're not looking forward to this reboot, it doesn't mean that you're sexist and misogynist. I mean, that's a very unfair and very serious claims to make. So rather, rather than feed into that divisiveness, just look at the trailer for what it is. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. And if you have legit reasons why, then state your piece. If you have stupid reasons as to why you don't like it, you know, because, oh, it has an old female cast, then, well, you're a problem. And quite frankly, nobody needs to hear what you have to say about it. So there it is. But yeah, man, you know, this trailer, to put it simple and plain, is just not funny. Like, at all. I mean, I didn't even smile or laugh or chuckle once throughout the whole thing. And that's a really troubling sign for a film that's not only billed as a comedy, but is also the reboot of one of the most well-received and beloved comedies of all time. Now, I'd like to hold out some optimism, considering that, you know, Feig directed Bridesmaids, which is hilarious, and Spy, which, is, was, which was a pleasant surprise for me, you know, of last year. And, you know, Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy, they've done some fine work. So, you know, I'm hoping that this is a case of bad trailer, good movie. Otherwise, we're, we, we pretty much have a uh, 2016 version of Fant 4-Stick on our hands. <laughs> um, but there's one, th one of the things that kind of um, struck me as odd about this trailer was the fact that, okay, you have an all-female cast, so... So you have an opportunity to kind of ch to play around with the with the dynamics of the team, but it appears that you know Feig is just just made surface level changes. You know you have an all female cast that's great, but you're you're replicating the dynamics of the original team, where you had three scientists and one everyman. You know when you look at the original film, you had uh, Bill Murray's character uh, Peter Venkman. You had uh, the late Harold Ramis, Egon Spengler, and Ray Stantz, played by Dan Aykroyd. There were three scientists, and you had Ernie Hudson, who played uh, Winston Zedmore, who was the everyman who was hired as the fourth member. You know, he'd just joined for the paycheck. And here you have, once again, three scientists who incidentally are all white, Wig, McCarthy, McKinnon. And then you have Leslie Jones, who's the who's the non-scientist of the group, who, uh, who happens to be a subway worker, and uh, she says, quote, in the trailer, you guys are good at the science stuff, but I know New York, unquote. So she's street smart, and she's black, because black people are street smart, according to movies like this. And for me, I was like, oh, geez, why? And, you know, a lot of people made this uh, observation, too. It's like, why did, why couldn't Leslie Jones's character be a scientist as well? You know, why not, why not have all four women be scientists? Wouldn't that make much more sense? Or rather, have the non-scientists non be one of the white leads? It, is that too much to ask? I mean, for me, it just it just smacks of lazy writing. I mean, especially when you consider that her character appears to be racially insensitive, kind of trading on stereotypes a bit, where where uh, she she's trading on some racial cliches through some of her dialogue. I mean, there's one part in the scene in the in the in the trailer where uh, Melissa McCarthy's character is possessed by a ghost, and uh, Jones's Jones's 
reaction is, oh, hell no. And uh, you, you know what? Let me, let me ask you something about that. Oh, hell no. You know, is it, is, it, is it in the contract of every black actor who stars in a comedy to utter that phrase? I mean, god damn. Is, if there's one thing I can't stand, it's that phrase, oh, hell no. I mean, is, is, is that the black actor's equivalent of the Wilhelm scream that we hear in, in, in so many movies? And if you don't know what the Wilhelm scream is, look it up. It just it just irritates me, man. I mean, if I had a if I had a take a shot every time you hear some black actor, uh, for example, Terrence Howard say, "Oh hell no," you'll you will die of alcohol poisoning. So don't do it. And then she says another line too in the trailer. You know, the devil is a liar. Really? Oh, okay. So the devil is a liar. So she must be Christian or have religious beliefs because hey, you know. Black atheists or black agnostics or non-religious black folk, you know, we're unicorns, people. We don't exist. We don't exist. We don't exist at all. I mean, just watch any Tyler Perry film. Oh, fucking hell, man. And then, and then, you know, she she utters a, a phrase: "The power of Patty compels you." And then she smacks the taste out of Melissa McCarthy's mouth, not once but twice. The power of Patty compels you. Um. No, ma'am. No. I mean, I'll tell you this. I'm compelled to skip this movie, that's for sure. But, you know, I, since we have this podcast, I have to go see it so I can review it. But, you know, I'm just not comfortable with the fact that Leslie Jones's character is the non-scientist. Why does she have to be the street smart one? And, you know, I'll say this. In fairness, you know, because we don't know the full story yet, you know, maybe... Maybe her character, you know, when she says that she knows New York, maybe she's super knowledgeable in history. You know, maybe maybe she's a hardcore history buff who's really passionate about American history, in particular New York. You know, she maybe she knows the city inside and out, and maybe she studied history in school and uh, took this subway job because, hey, the bill's got to be paid. Or, you know, maybe she studies history on her off hours. I don't know. And maybe she figures that she can contribute her expertise to the team maybe i'm trying really hard to see the light in this in this role <laughs> to see the good in this but you know we'll just like i said we'll just have to wait and see how it turns out in the in the feature film but again like i said i'm still not too eager and also on, on another note too you know if she was a scientist and she still acted the same exact way i mean would that would that have been any better i mean if she was still loud and boisterous and you know you know with the all hell nahs here and there despite the fact that she's a scientist would that have been any better i don't think so no it would not have been, it would not have been any better because you know we would still have articles and think pieces all over the internet you know asking well you know why can't she just be as relatively normal and awkward and quirky as her fellow white ghostbusters i mean why does she have to be stereotypical why does she have to be racially insensitive or rather why does her character you know have to be portrayed in a racially insensitive fashion you know those complaints and more that that just goes to show you that you can have you can have a a sterling cast and a and a sterling director at the helm but what it boils down to at the end of the day is the writing the writing is everything you know opportunities for more substantial roles for black actors as well as actors of color 
you know, that does not mean turning out more cliched, you know, tired and stereotypical characters. You know, nuance and complexity is what people generally respond to most positively. And, you know, that's not to say that, you know, broad comedic roles that hint at or trade on stereotypes don't have their place. I mean, they certainly do. I mean, they can work out well if the context and the quality of the material as a whole is superb. And with this upcoming Ghostbusters reboot, I'm not so sure that that is the case. Also, you know, when you look at the uh, when you look at uh, Wig and McCarthy, they just seem to be playing you know variations of the same types of quirky and awkward characters that they usually play. I mean, Wig is still, you know, still kind of kind of weird and kind of awkward, lovably so, as she usually is. And um, you have Melissa McCarthy, who, you know, surprisingly didn't go, didn't engage in any, you know, pratfalls based on her weight. It's like, oh, I'm the fat, bumbling woman. Laugh at me. You know, at least she's not the butt of those jokes. So hopefully the film will will keep that bullshit to a minimum because I'm really sick of seeing that same old shtick. I think Melissa McCarthy is capable of much more than that. And um, you also have uh, Kate McKinnon, who, like I said, is the complete unknown of the uh, of the of the film and you know I don't I don't watch SNL at all so for me she's a total unknown I haven't seen her act or perform before and for me SNL is a broken clock show that show is funny twice a day but it's woefully unfunny for the rest of it and I I, I will say that I do like the look of Kate of Kate McKinnon's character I mean she does appear to have some some kind of edge to her and who knows, she just might be the breakout star or the breakout role of this film, but we'll have to wait and see. And also, the international trailer was just released today. And what was funny about this one was that it actually addressed an error that the original trailer made in, the, in its beginning, in which it said that 30 years ago, four scientists saved New York City, which is not true because, as we've pointed out, three scientists and an average Joe saved NYC. So now the international trailer opens by saying, 30 years ago, four friends saved New York City, which actually got a chuckle out of me because, you know, it shows that Sony Pictures, you know, is they're actually listening to their fans for whatever that's worth. But you know what? There's one other thing that I find rather confusing and a bit frustrating. Um, this upcoming film, is it a hard reboot or is it a soft reboot? And what I mean is, if it's a hard reboot, then that means that this film takes place in, in an entirely new universe where the old characters and the whole concept of ghostbusting do not exist at all. And that these four ladies discover or create the field of ghostbusting from the ground up. On the other hand, if it's a soft reboot, then that means that this new film takes place in the same universe as the old films did, and it's just a continuation of what came before. But what's what's making things confusing is that the old cast from the from the original films, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, and Sigourney Weaver, reportedly they're going to be making cameos in this upcoming film. So so the question is, will they be reprising their original roles from before? And if that's the case, how come this trailer gives the impression that this whole field of ghostbusting is a brand new concept that has never been done before? And if that's the case, does that mean that somewhere along the line, somebody crossed the streams, if you will? And, you know, these, these two parallel universes exist, exist side by side? 
And I, I, oh, I, I don't fucking know. I don't have a clue. I mean, hopefully, hopefully this film will uh, will have gotten its shit together and you know offer us some 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 clarification because at this point it does sound like some some cynical fan service going on and really if you're gonna if you're gonna have you know the original cast make appearances in this film then all that's really gonna do is you know make people wonder well i mean how come they couldn't make a new ghostbusters film with the old cast i mean harold ramis notwithstanding because you know he's deceased rest in peace but you know why bother with an all-new cast if you're going to feature the original actors in it? Even if, even if they are cameos. I don't know. We'll just have to see how it all unfolds this July. But like I said, I'm not too eager. But even if the film turns out to be terrible, we'll always have the original film. If it turns out to be a surprise hit, great. Then that shows that somebody who cut that trailer together needs to be fired just saying and finally last but not least i wanted to talk about the second captain america civil war trailer which just made its debut today and it features for the first time ever in the marvel cinematic universe the appearance of your friendly neighborhood web slinger spider-man in the mcu and i for one am pleased as punch to finally see this character now played by tom hollander in the Marvel Cinematic Universe where he belongs because, you know, it's been 12 years, 12 years since we have seen a good, no, a flat out great Spider-Man film. The last one being Spider-Man 2 in 2004. And since then, we've had to tolerate the existence of the mediocre Spider-Man 3 and the even more dismal Amazing Spider-Man films starring Andrew Garfield. And... You know, hopefully this joint partnership between Marvel Studios and Sony Pictures will yield much better Spider-Man films, especially on Sony's end. Because keep in mind, at the end of the day, despite the uh, joint partnership between Marvel and Sony, Sony Pictures still retains final creative control and final creative rights to the Spider-Man character. So hopefully... Whichever direction Spider-Man takes in the MCU films, that will have an influence on how Sony handles their pictures from here on out. Because, you know, with Spider-Man 3 and Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2, Sony can't get the job done on their own anymore. Sad to say. But, um, but what's cool is that um, with this uh, joint deal between Marvel and Sony, I'm actually looking forward to seeing uh, the... Sony's next two Spider-Man pictures, um, they're still going forward with their Sinister Six film, as well as a standalone Venom picture. And, you know, if you, if they, if Sony announced this deal, announced these films before, you know, before today, I would have been like, yo, whatever. I would have reacted to it with some indifference because, you know, like I said, the quality of their previous films, you know, doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence. But now that now that we're getting a new Spider-Man in the MCU, hopefully this means we'll see better Spider-Man films on Sony's part in the future. And, you know, this is one of the most iconic characters in comic book history. So, you know, to see to see this character suffer th through one mediocre film after another is just not fair, you know, for us fans. And, you know, we we deserve more. So 
So good on Marvel and Sony to actually link up and share joint custody of their boy. So yeah, man, that just about wraps it up for today's edition of Victor's Corner. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, once again, you can email the show at codexprimepodcast at gmail.com and just type in Victor in the subject line. And you can also find me on the Twitter machine at Victor Omoyo. And you can also find me on YouTube as well. Uh, Once again, thank you so much for listening. And I will see you guys when I see you. Peace out. Be well, stay awesome, stay classy, and uh, watch good movies. Take care, guys.